Welcome to the Sunday Poems. I'm Ken Hayda. Thank you for joining me today. This is episode number 186. Today I want to read three poems from the famous Polish poet Wisława Zimborska. Zimborska was born in 1923 and she passed in 2012. In 1996 she received the Nobel Prize for Literature. I'm reading from the Vintage Book of Contemporary World Poetry, edited by J.D. McCatchy. And the three poems I want to read today uh, are uh, emblematic of so much of her poetry, full of ironic wit. And I especially chose these poems because they suggest hope, the endurance of life despite human calamity, tragedy, and outright evil, the necessity of going on, the inevitability of continuing, how life continues despite what we as humans do to each other. The first poem I want to read is titled Theater Impressions, and it's translated from the Polish by Magnus J. Krinsky and Robert A. McGuire. Theater Impressions. For me, a tragedy's most important act is the sixth, the resurrecting from the stage's battlegrounds, the adjusting of wigs, of robes, the wrenching of knife from breast, the removing of noose from neck, the lining up among the living to face the audience. Bows solo an ensemble, the white hand on the heart's wound, the curtsy of the lady suicide, the nodding of the lopped off head. Bows and pairs, fury extends an arm to meekness, the victim looks blissfully into the hangman's eyes. The rebel bears no grudge as he walks beside the tyrant. The trampling of eternity with the tip of a golden slipper. The sweeping of morals away with the brim of a hat. The incorrigible readiness to start afresh tomorrow. The entry in single file of those who died much earlier. In the third, the fourth, or between the acts, the miraculous return of those lost without trace, the thought that they've been waiting patiently backstage, not taking off costumes, not washing off makeup, moves me more than the tragedy's tirades. But truly elevating is the lowering of the curtain, and that which can still be glimpsed beneath it. Here one hand hastily reaches for a flower, there a second snatches up a dropped sword. Only then does a third invisible perform its duty. It clutches at my throat. In the next poem, I think Zimborska uh, uses a similar construct of the, as she so wonderfully phrases, the sixth act, that which happens after the fact. In Theater Impressions, she's referring, of course, to a staged play, a staged drama. In this poem, I think she's referring to the actuality of war and calamity and uh, the horror that humanity often inflicts upon itself. But again, there's that emphasis on what happens afterwards, the end and the beginning. After every war, someone's got to tidy up. Things won't pick themselves up, after all. Someone's got to shove the rubble to the roadside so the carts loaded with corpses can get by. 
Someone's got to trudge through sludges and ashes, through the sofa springs, the shards of glass, the bloody rags. Someone's got to lug the post to prop the wall. Someone's got to glaze the window, set the door in its frame. No sound bites, no photo opportunities, and it takes years. All the cameras have gone to other wars. The bridges need to be rebuilt, the railroad stations too. Shirt sleeves will be rolled to shreds. Someone, broom in hand, still remembers how it was. Someone else listens, nodding his unshattered head. But others are bound to be bustling nearby who will find all that a little boring. From time to time, someone still must dig up a rusted argument from underneath a bush and haul it off to the dump. Those who knew what this was all about must make way for those who know little and less than that, and at last nothing less than nothing. Someone's got to lie there in the grass that covers up the causes and effects with a cornstalk in his teeth, gawking at clouds. That's the end and the beginning. Translated by Stanislav Barnazak and Claire Kavanaugh. And those two also translate this third poem I want to read, which is titled, Reality Demands. Reality demands that we also mention this. Life goes on. It, con- it continues at Canet and Bordeaux, at Kosovo Poye and Guernica. There's a gas station on a little square in Jericho and wet paint on park benches at Bilahora. Letters fly back and forth between Pearl Harbor and Hastings. A moving van passes beneath the eye of, a, of the lion at Caronia. And the blooming orchards near Verdun cannot escape the approaching atmospheric front. There is so much everything that nothing is hidden quite nicely. Music pours from the yachts moored at Actium, and couples dance on their sunlit decks. So much is always going on that it must be going on all over. Where not a stone still stands, you see the good humor man besieged by kids. Where Hiroshima was, Hiroshima is again, producing many products for everyday use. This terrifying world is not devoid of charms, of the mornings that make waking up worthwhile. The grass is green on Machiavelli's fields and studded with dew, as is usually the case with grass. Perhaps all fields are battlefields, all grounds are battlegrounds, those we remember and those that are forgotten. The birch, cedar, and fir forests, the white snows, the yellow sands, gray gravel, the iridescent swamps, the canyons of black defeat, where, in times of crisis, you can cower under a bush. What moral flows from this? Probably none. Only the blood flows, drying quickly, and, as always, a few rivers, a few clouds. On tragic mountain passes, the wind rips hats from unwitting heads, 
and we can't help laughing at that. Reality demands. Three tremendous poems from the Nobel Prize winning poet Wislava Zamborska. If you're interested in my work, you can look at kenhated.org. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing to the program. Thank you for sharing the program. Till next week, I'm Ken Hayda with the Sunday Poems.